You found us. Welcome to the Holminster Podcast, a church in the centre of Hull. Your place to worship, enjoy, explore and to belong. If you'd like more information in how you can get involved, visit our website at www.hullminster.org. So as I said at the start, we've, um, we've been journeying through the prayer course series. So tonight's a bit, of a bit of a strange one because it's sort of pulling together the last six weeks of the course. Um, for some of you, you've been to every one of them. Others have, have dipped in at different points. And for some of you, possibly not even been at any of the prayer course. Um, so there's some of you might be the first you've heard of it. Um, but I, uh, I trust that there is great wisdom from Pete Gregg and the team that put this course together. And um, there, there are insights that we can all take away from this, whether it's the first time you've heard this or whether you're sort of being reminded of some of the great, the great good snippets that we heard. Uh, we, we began thinking, well, being reminded that actually when it comes to prayer, there's lots of different types of prayer. That sometimes as Christians or people exploring faith, we just fall into a bit of a trap that we always pray a certain way or maybe we pray into certain situations or for certain people or circumstances, and we don't really challenge or, or think about that. We just sort of have a routine, perhaps. Or we also acknowledge that some of us struggle to spend time just being with God in prayer. It can be really, really hard when our lives feel so demanding, when there's so much pressure upon us, that actually to send to our day around prayer can be one of the most challenging things if we're really, really honest and have sort of that mirror up to our face. So God gives us a toolbox and the six different areas we're going to unpack in that toolbox. So we started by looking at adoration, looking at the early church, looking at how they come to a place of adoration and praise before anything. Well, certainly that's what they were being encouraged to do. The Bible is incredibly honest about it, that they were working it out together. What does church look like? They were making mistakes. They were disagreeing together. But always, and importantly, they were learning and growing together in faith. So our reading will appear on the screen from Acts chapter 4, beginning at verse 24. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the, by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Boldly. 
in that first session, we were reminded, we were invited to bring a, not a wish list before God, to not bring our demands before God, but to simply be present with him, to give thanks for all that he's done for us, to remember, as we are this week, journeying through Holy Week, the difference he's, he's made in, in our lives today, and that invitation to start with a place of joy. Prayer should start joyful joyful and expectant, that we're invited into this loving relationship with him. We're invited to begin prayer basically in a a simple way of profound adoration. C.S. Lewis said this about it, one of my favourite authors, I love C.S. Lewis, the way, amazing man with words. In commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to simply enjoy him. I wonder how easy you find it to enjoy God, to enjoy spending time with him. Are there points in your spiritual journey or your journey of faith with Christ where you've had particular points where you've enjoyed spending time with God? Pete reminded us on the video that prayer is primarily about relationship with God. It's relational, not transactional. Something I think we we discussed it can be really hard in our particularly for, for, for us as a, as a generation as a people at the minute when the world is telling us to expect something always in return a world that doesn't do stillness a world that doesn't do waiting and a world that struggles with adoration God's actually inviting us first to a place where we can adore him in prayer and from there we'll grow in our prayer life so the second point, the second, second week of the series, looked at petition. Unpacking the significance of asking God something in prayer. The importance that although God knows our needs, he still longs for us to articulate it to him. Whatever our needs may be, he, he longs for us to meet him in that place of prayerful petition. We reflected that... Survey after survey seems to suggest that people in our nation are open to prayer, whether they are Christians, practicing Christians, or whether they are just exploring what faith might mean. They are open to prayer in this nation. And yet what we're sometimes bad at doing as a church is responding to that, responding to the opportunities to offer to pray with people. There's something so significant about believing in the power of prayer not just praying in crisis, not just praying when something's gone wrong or we're fearing or something, but actually choosing God, choosing to pray in the everyday and significantly praying in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And in all of this, we're reminded that there's the the sort of traffic light thing. Sometimes God will give us a solid green light. There'll be an answer, a yes moment in, in our prayer lives. But quite often, and we've probably all experienced it, there's an invitation to be people who need to persevere in prayer. A bit like that amber traffic light, that point of waiting. And yet there's also the red lights in our prayer life, which can be really, really challenging to grapple with. Sometimes, and and Becky and I were reflecting on this, those moments, we were chatting earlier about... um, Pete Gregg, who obviously did the prayer course, one of the books he wrote was called God on Mute, one of his bestsellers. And uh, it was about unanswered prayer. 
And we were reflecting on the prayers that we were praying when Becky's father was ill and, and, there was sort of, and when he was dying. And yet, where was God in that? Well, people said, hey, he's had a great life, you know, he's 91. But that's nothing, that, that doesn't help us in that moment when we're longing, when we're praying healing over someone. Where's God? How can we explain that red light? What's most important in those moments of red and amber lights is to hold on to God's love, not to run away, not to turn our back on God, but at that moment, to hold on to him, to trust in the power of God, to trust that he's holding all things in his hands. God is in control, even when we're struggling to comprehend how. So a reminder tonight is if you're struggling, if you're in a tough season, perhaps a season of unanswered prayer, lean on God, don't turn away. And I think it's important to add that one of the things we've, we've, we talk about as a, as a church community is, a, is, is to be family. That all of us at different points in our lives go through those points of amber, green, red lights. So rather than walking away, turning to one another to encourage to us to read scripture together. We're, in scripture, we're told, aren't we, to lay on hands on each other, to pray for one another, to gather together, to journey as one family. Thirdly, we explored intercessions. The power of, of intercessions, praying on behalf of others. Simply asking for God in, in the midst of, of, of another situation. Perhaps it's someone, uh, it, might, it might be someone who, who we know, it might, it might be, um, it might be a, different, a different situation completely. It's not about being spiritual heavyweights. It's about simply saying, Lord, we accept that you're our saviour and we're asking you by the power of your Holy Spirit to minister to us, to minister to your world. As people who care for our world, for situations, we're drawn to pray for them. Why? Why do we need to join in? Well, I believe our human wills work in partnership with God's will. In that everything, I believe, and some Christians would disagree with this, but everything in life isn't predetermined. We're not on a sort of automatic um, treadmill. And, and actually, we have choices. We have free will. And that, that we, in prayer, are, are, are called, and, and we know some incredible testimonies, don't we? Some of us who, who have journeyed with God for a long time know testimonies of people who have prayed in intercessions or another part of the world or another situation, and many miles away, perhaps, and we've, we've heard the answer to prayer. So we shouldn't underestimate the power of intercessions. So there were four practical things which some of us will remember, and if you don't, I'll just remind us. Get informed when it comes to intercessions. Engage with the facts. It might be chatting to your neighbour. It might be a particular, I don't know, NGO or charity that you, you're passionate about supporting. Get their newsletter, find out, contact friends, find out what's going on in the world. Secondly, get inspired. What's God saying about a particular situation? How is scripture informing that? Thirdly, get indignant. Allow the things that break God, God's heart to break yours. That's sort of righteous anger. The stuff that we, we're called to be passionate about as Christians. And finally, 
get together. With other Christians, pray together. We often, we, we conclude our prayers religiously. We say, amen. And it's not a sort of formal sign off at the end of a prayer. It's saying, I agree. Let it happen, God. In the fourth week of uh, the prayer course, we explored perseverance. We looked at one of the sort of great taboos, as I've just touched upon, in Christianity of unanswered prayer. Tackling the challenges and the realities when prayers simply feel like they're unanswered. The Bible is really, really honest about unanswered prayer. But actually, we, it, it's, it's a bit of a wrestle, isn't it? We're, part of our faith is to wrestle with prayer. But most importantly, when it comes to this theme of perseverance, we need to remember, we must remember, that God's silence is not the same as God's absence. Sometimes it feels like we don't hear God, but he's not absent. Perhaps that's a theme that particularly speaks to you tonight, this theme of unanswered prayer. And in a, in a few minutes, we're going to have some prayer stations. There's going to be some space to walk around. And Charlotte's done amazing, but nine prayer stations are all related to, to, to this, the themes of the prayer course. But we're also, as a tenth, we want to offer that, that space if you want to, to be prayed for. This is a particular situation. You don't even have to name it. You can just sit with us. And we'd love just to, to pray with you, to, to comfort you in that, that, that God is, is still with you, even though it might feel silent. The Bible is really honest, and it's one of the psalms I would direct you to, if this theme particularly speaks to you, is Psalm 91. There's a couple of verses will appear on the screen. Whoever, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. That word dwell, when we sort of unpack what that means, it, it sort of, what it translates to mean is to take permanent residence in. God's inviting us to take permanent residence in him, to, to dwell in his comfort and his love, even in the red lights. The fifth week, we explore what it means to listen to God. We're designed as humans to walk and talk with God. I'm really passionate about this, that sometimes we come together and we gather as one church, and that's really, really important. But then there's six days in the week when we don't do that. There's six days when you're perhaps at work or you're with your family or you're in the middle of a lecture or whatever it might be. And in the midst of that, we can be in God's presence. We can be walking and talking with God in the everyday we can slow down, soften up, and see what God is doing in the other six days in our week. We were reminded that sometimes that connection with God's voice, is it like Wi-Fi? It's just, it's there all the time. Sometimes it's a sort of like the, when the 3G's being lost and um, the signal's dropping out. And sometimes it just feels like an eternity since we've heard from God. And perhaps it's that we're just not listening. We're just not seeking his voice. He's still speaking. He's still speaking through others. We just need to tune in to him.
Some of us find it really easy to listen to him, to speak to him. And Pete uh, reminded us that, that God's made us all different. It's okay to hear God the way he's made you. We're going to do some listening in a minute at the different prayer stations. And you can wander around. Some of them, you'll, 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 you'll hear God in that prayer station. Others, you'll, you'll meet God in a different place. And that's okay. We don't all work the same. Finally, we explored last week the theme of spiritual warfare. Again, something which I don't think we do much talking about in church. The good, but also the evil. There is good in our world, but there's very much a place, there's, there's, a, there's a spiritual battle going on. The Bible's really clear about that. And Jesus was speaking into a culture when, when, when he was with us of different worldviews then. And that's certainly not changed now. We see it in our nation, we see it in our world. There are battles going on. A question I would, I would, I would ask and, and leave with you to ponder on, how do we get the right balance between the reality of spiritual warfare and talking about that and getting caught up on it. And we spent a good amount of time last week unpacking spiritual warfare. But how do we also focus on Jesus? How do we do both and? Well, when we pray, as we talked about, that our, our, for, for God's kingdom to come, it's not automatic. We're invited to pray it in, pray in the kingdom to come. There is evil in our world. As we're reminded this Easter, death has overcome it. We have hope that Jesus reigns in our lives, and if we accept Him as our Lord and our Saviour, He has the power to conquer death. So I invite you again just to reflect on your situation, the points of spiritual warfare, perhaps a particular stronghold. Maybe it's greed, maybe it's arrogance, maybe it's anger. The things that have got a hold of you, maybe in your work or your community or, or even your home. How can you live in the equal but opposite spirit this week? The good news is we don't do it alone. We don't do it in our own strength. Paul wrote a letter to the Ephesian church 2,000 years ago and it couldn't be more true to us today. As we, as we close this, this, I just want to sort of share some of the verses call us to put on the armour of God. He's provided us, he's equipping us for our journey. Whether you've recently started your journey, whether you're not quite sure what your journey with God is like, or whether your armour is very well worn, it's a great reminder as we share these verses. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of, the evil, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace.
In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And then Paul says this, pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given to me, that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Let's pray together as we reflect on the armour of God and the past six, seven weeks as we've journeyed through the prayer course. Father, we thank you that we've been able to respond to you over the past weeks. You've spoken directly to us into situations and circumstances that we're going through. That you call us to pray in adoration to praise you in the everyday. Help us, Lord, to not forget the content of this course. Help us to to anchor ourselves in prayer, not just on a Sunday, but throughout our week, throughout our lives. Lord, we long to see the difference as a prayerful community, that we can go out and transform and change your world for Jesus Christ. So Lord, equip us in our need. Meet us and strengthen us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Bless us and encourage us. Thank you, Father. Amen. Well, we hope you've enjoyed listening to one of our sermons. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, then follow us on social media or visit our website, www.holminster.org.